It's, it comes from a UNICEF statistic and they estimate that 1.2 million children are sold into slavery every year. When you break that statistic down, it works out to be one every 27 seconds. So that was why we came up with the name 27 seconds. We really wanted to, I guess, put the issue on the table per se. That was Alana Chapman, co-founder of 27 Seconds. A seriously good wine with 100% of the profits go towards ending modern day slavery. Elena talks about how they develop the business, their challenges that they're facing as a business, how they manage their time raising a small family, and their big goal to help minimize the impact of modern day slavery, which at the moment is the worst it's ever been in the history of the planet. Kia ora, you have tuned into New Zealand's small business an Entrepreneur Festival podcast delivered to you by DHL, helping connect your business to the world. Today we are lucky to have Alana Chapman, who is the co-founder of 27 Seconds Wine, which is a social enterprise wine business, and we're going to talk about what the brand is, how they how they develop the brand, and what the ethos is behind the brand as well. So this one's going to be super cool. So without further ado, I'm going to bring... Lana into the street. Kia how are you? Kia how's it going? I'm just going very, very well, thank you. I always start with saying that I am calling, not calling, I'm recording this podcast episode from the centre of the North Island, Rotorua, in New Zealand. Where about are you? Um, so we are in Canterbury. I'm actually in Christchurch at the moment. So yeah, that's, that's where you're calling to. <laughs> Deep South. So I'd like to start the podcast with our audience getting to know you a little bit. And mm-hmm. I start always start with the first question, which is, what was your first ever job? I mean, the first ever job that you got any sort of money for, or even if it wasn't money or bartering or whatever. And then if you could roll into um, sort of how you got to where you are now, which is um, co-founding and managing a vineyard. So my first ever uh, money that I ever earned, I think, was I started this little um, side hustle when I was in primary school of selling um, chips. <laughs> my um, we used to like my mom used to have like these kettle made chips that she used to make herself, and I would sell them at um, at school for. I'm not sure. <laughs> was hardly anything but then the next the next job where I earned I think about seven dollars seven dollars an hour um was working at uh um they were like a flower grower and essentially I would weed until my heart was content or not content (laughs) yeah weeding was my first job weeding was your first job and now you are part of a cool brand called 27 seconds which is a wine label. How did you get to um, be in that space? Yeah, I know. Um, I feel like I actually married into into wine. Um, that was my that was my ticket into into that world. Uh, my husband's the vineyard manager for our family vineyard up in North Canterbury called Terrace Edge. So, um, yeah, I got married to him and sort of was introduced to this world of wine. So, yeah. So can you tell our audience a little bit about 27 Seconds and what the brand means and what you guys do? 
Yeah, so we're a social enterprise um, and we give away 100% of our profits to organisations working in the area of modern day slavery. So it's sort of this idea that um, if you're going to buy a wine anyway, why don't buy one which sort of contributes towards helping the world become a little bit better. So we've got five wines. We've got a Pinot Noir, a Sav, Riesling, Pinot Gris and a Rosé. Um, that's our current range. So I was looking on your website earlier on, and so the, the social enterprise part of it is to help support or reduce the amount of slavery out there. And at the moment, which I found was a, um, a horrific sort of stat, is that there's more slavery now than there ever has been in the total history of the world ever. Yeah, it's a crazy, crazy stat. Like there's the Global Slavery Index estimates that there's 40.3 million um, and that's far more than than what we sort of typically think of slavery um, about 200 years ago with the transatlantic um, slave routes. But, yeah, it's, it's tragic. And, um, I mean, the, the other sad fact that really haunts me is just the the price of um, of buying a slave today is has dropped dramatically as well like back in the day it would have been the equivalent of about 40,000 and now it's about 90 US dollars so yeah it's it's a huge yeah it's just tragic yeah that's such a hidden problem so I feel like not many people know about it well here's here's a little platform for them to be able to raise awareness about the problem with slavery um, globally as well and that's it's 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 the worst it's ever been. So let's start um, supporting 27 Seconds. So what? What? how did you come to the name 27 Seconds? It's It comes from a UNICEF statistic, and they estimate that 1.2 million children are sold into slavery every year. When you break that statistic down, it works out to be one every 27 seconds. So that was why we came up with the name 27 Seconds. We really wanted to, I guess, put the issue on the table per se. So before we start going into um, how, um, how you develop the brand, your marketing and the, and, um, the logos and things like that, how are you trying to solve the problem? So, so your money, the profit goes back into, um, I'm assuming, a charity that, that, that mm-hmm. is, is mm-hmm. also helping to stop slavery. So, mm-hmm. so how do you help? I think we never want to say that we are solving modern day slavery it's such a complex huge problem um and the amount that we give is really just a drop in the bucket um hopefully in a few years time it'll be like two more drops but um yeah it's a it's such a complex issue and um i feel that we help two ways by helping these organizations increase their work um, by donations. And then the other thing I feel that we can do with wine is just raise awareness. I think when you get one of our bottles, we hear often hear about these stories of our customers um, taking a wine to a barbecue and people are like, oh, that's an odd name. And then they get to share the story about it. Like, oh, yeah, actually, um, 1.2 million children are sold into slavery. And yeah, because I think awareness does um, does make a difference. Yeah, it definitely does. So I'm going to move into a little bit slightly different question, which is a question that I ask most of the people on our podcast as well. If there was one brand in the world that made any type of impact on you, 
what would that brand be and why has it made that impact? Um, we are huge, huge fans of Thank You. Um, mm. They're an Australian brand and I think they make, um, they used to, they started off with water, uh, but now they've sort of moved into hand products and um yeah, they also give 100% of their profits away uh, into the area of ending um, poverty. And so I think when we saw um, these guys do it, I don't know, 10 or so years ago, we were quite enamored with this idea of using business as a way um, to help tackle one of these big world issues. So, um, yeah, they've sort of been, um, we've had a major crush on them for a few years. Mm -hmm. mm. I'm pretty sure when I was at an event in Australia that I saw, is it a guy who's the founder? And yeah, um, he, yeah. he did a really cool keynote presentation about Thank You Water and how it, mm -hmm. so you get your water and you can track where that water has, um, where it's helping. Yeah, is that's that the one. one. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. It's, a, it's a wicked story yeah. and it's super cool. So cool. Yeah. Mm. So Thank You Water, can you purchase that in New Zealand? I haven't seen it. No, you can't purchase Thank You Water. In, well, actually, they launched here a few years ago with their um, hand products, uh, and I'm not sure how successful it was. I think that you can still get it up in the North Island, but um, down south, I'm not so sure. And they actually they didn't ever launch their water product in um, mm. New Zealand. They launched the um, hand soap. So, yeah. Oh, oh, I've got some of that. Oh. oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do. I've got that in my bathroom. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, cool. I just thought, oh, I think I've got hand soap that says thank you. Anyway, cool. Let's oh, carry on. <laughs> Let's carry on podcast. <laughs> so, so you've developed the brand. You've got a, um, a really uh, amazing ethos behind the 27 second brand. What are some of the big challenges that you're facing as a brand? Like, as your, as your business, as a small business, what are the challenges that you face? Uh, it was really interesting. We had like a strategy meeting with our um, with our directors and we were asked to like go around the room and name like the top two things that if you could change anything, what would you change? Mm -hmm. And it was just a really good way of sort of bringing to the top what, what our big issues were because everyone around the table said supply, um, grape mm -hmm. supply and also human resources. Um, yeah, just the people power behind it. So yeah, those, those are our two big ones. Um, with grapes, you're sort of, uh, it takes a long time to make a wine. And in some cases, you're looking at 24 months. So we're sort of having to guess what is, what is what's our sales going to be like in two years time um, and starting to yeah, make those contracts, put in place those contracts now. So we used to get all our grapes from our family vineyard, but we're sort of outgrowing um, what they can provide for us. And so having to look at other other um, other places to get those, yeah. Mm. So, you, so I'm, what I'm hearing is that you source grapes from the family farm and then mm -hmm. you also get them from all around the, around the country so that you can make wine specific to that region as well. So Hawke's Bay, for example, yeah, maybe. Well, at, yeah, at the moment. It, um, so when we first started off, it was just like the excess that um, that our family vineyard had. And then pretty soon um, we sort of started uh, diving into what they wanted as well. So we had to look at a few neighbours. Um, at the moment, we've kept it all in North Canterbury because mm -hmm. that's just where we have connections. Uh, but I think most likely next vintage, we might need to be looking elsewhere across the country as well. So, yeah. So how many bottles 
what do you measure it in bottles or liters of wine do you produce in 27 seconds each year yeah, average, yeah. I suppose. oh that is a good question um and my husband's sort of the one who's like all over logistics and numbers um i know that last financial year not the one that we're just in we sold twenty seven thousand bottles which I quite mm. like that number because our name is 37 ah, seconds. Yeah. Um, but I think we're at the moment we're looking to double that. So we're um, most likely looking to make about 60,000 bottles this year. Mm. Yeah. Which Amazing. sounds a bit scary. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully the season has been really, really awesome for you and you can source all the grapes to be able to make all your five different wines that you put under the brand. Mm. So how do you, as a, as, a, as a business, market 27 seconds to, to, your, to the, your audience? To our audience, yeah. Word of mouth is actually really, really big for us. Um, I think um, our wine in itself is a story. It's not a huge presence, but we have really engaged followers. Hmm. Uh, so that would, be, that would be the other way. Um, what else? This year, oh, last year, we got gifted a billboard campaign um, by Go Media. They just approached us and said, hey, would you guys like a billboard campaign? So that was a small part of our marketing last year as well. Um, and one of our first few podcasts, I, I had a, um, a really good conversation with a guy named Mike Hutchinson. So Mike Hutchinson was the manager director of Saatchi and Saatchi. He mm. was the founder of Colenso BBDO, and mm -hmm. he was now an adjunct professor at university of auckland teaching people how to use marketing he said the number one the best ever type of marketing you can do is word of mouth because he, he said the tactic is make something so damn good that people talk about it or create an awesome story and if you combine them both then you've got a really powerful brand and a really powerful way so you're doing exact, oh, exactly that's that. so cool to hear <laughs> oh that's really encouraging actually awesome <laughs> yeah yeah so what was your the goal to start with before you you'd even bottled one piece of one bottle of wine to where it is now and then what what's the big hairy or gate audacious goal you've got in the future? I think when we started off with this, and that's mostly bad business advice, I didn't really think uh, what we were doing too far ahead, and maybe if I had thought um, too far ahead and what it would all entail, I'm not sure. I would have actually started out um but at the time it was just let's see if we can sell this wine and make a difference um yeah and i would say the goal today is still the same um let's sell let's sell what wine we can to make a difference um which is pretty simple um yeah i think one day we would love to um take our wine overseas it's an, I don't think it's going to happen in the next couple of years, but at the moment, um, you know, if we, if we head into Australia, um, that would be pretty, pretty awesome. So earlier on, you said that you had a, one of the major challenges that you're facing is resource. So you, you can't find the people to be able to work on, on creating the wine. So how, how do you, how do you fix that problem? So I think for us, we've tried to outsource a lot of things. So, um, our distribution is outsourced, our accounting, and um, to some extent, some of our admin is outsourced, our graphic design is outsourced. 
um, yeah, I think we're most likely in that stage where you you sort of like need to get your turnover up a little bit more so that you can invest in more people um, to help out. So, um, which yeah, I feel like we've sort of been in that stage for four years. Like you you grow and then you can employ someone and then it gets bigger, so you need someone else. So. What has been one of the best pieces of business advice that you've heard from someone and you've taken it on board? Someone told us, it was actually last year, they're like, what's like the sweet point in your business? Um, Like, where are you actually? I think as a small business owner, sometimes you say, oh, I really want this to be big. I want it to be huge. And I think for me personally, I'm like, well, the bigger we are, the greater the impact can be. Um, but sort of like actually balancing that with your personal life as well. And um, Pete and I have three boys, five, three and a half and one. And, um, you know, if we grew this too much faster, I think that the stress and the, um, yeah, the impact of that would actually take a toll personally. So for us, like he was like, well, maybe you're actually just happy with 10% growth instead of 40, 50. Um, and then he also sort of challenged us to like, where's the real sweet points in your business? Um, where is the input the least, but you get the most gain? And that really made us like look at all our sales channels and be like, oh, well, perhaps like actually the area which is taking the most amount of time is like the least profitable and um, sort of like looking through that lens of what's the sweet point. I like that because sometimes especially with small businesses or, or entrepreneurs, let's say, they always want to try and be a millionaire or, or get things that are outside of potentially a, a dream. But then mm. once you start figuring out, actually, all I, I want to be able to do is do the things that I really like doing, spend the time with my whānau and kids and yeah. friends and be comfortable. Yes. Yeah. And if you're happy with that, be happy with that. But if you want to make millions, make millions. If, if you want to just do something small, do something small. But you be you and make sure that, the best thing that you want to try and achieve is is just to be happy. Mm, yeah, yeah, and you know, I think like if you're if you want to be a millionaire, just what's that what's that cost going to be? Because if you want to be a millionaire, and the cost is that you don't spend time with your family and your kids, and um, then maybe that's not quite the right goal for you at this time. What would be your single most valuable piece of advice for a business? that's starting out today? Uh, So I think two things there. Um, Find something that you love um, and that you are so passionate about this idea Um, because I think when you love the idea, you really, like, you put everything on the line for it. Um, I never used to like public speaking but I've stood in front of 700 people and I'm so, I'm just like, I just want everybody to know about this. And you sort of do things that you might not usually do, but you'll do it because you love the, you love the brand and you love the cause and you believe in what you're doing. So um, yeah, just really make sure that you, you love that idea. The other thing um, that I sort of have wish I had known from the start was starting up a business takes a lot of work. Um, it's, it really is, it's like working two full-time jobs. Um, 
And for us, like taking a break every week has been changed our lives. So I want to say about like two years ago, we were just, you know, foot on the pedal and um, it was a bad season. Uh, we just felt that we just had no margin in our life um, and we're pretty exhausted. And then we uh, came across this idea of, it's actually a Jewish idea of Sabbath and taking a 24-hour break once a week. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been wonderful. Like I actually feel like that's sort of gotten us through um, through the last few years. Um, we started this business when my oldest was six months and he's now five and a half and we've had two other kids in there. So um, it's like a busy season of life to um, to start a business. But having that break once a week um, has been just wonderful. It's It just means that you can like on the Monday, you're like, oh, I feel rested. I can keep going. So and then on Wednesday, you're like, oh, it's all right. I'm going to have a day off soon. So, yeah, taking a break putting that in your schedule rather than I think the temptation is I just need to work harder to to keep going but taking a break actually lets you keep going over a longer period of time well some small businesses or most probably especially when you're starting out with one person you are doing multiple jobs at once you're the CFO you're the marketer you're the comms manager you're the salesperson you're everything (laughs) there's no one else yeah and you're doing accounts and administration and some things that really just don't float your boat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting rid of those things is quite a, like outsourcing them as fast as you can is another little bit of advice that I got given. So my life changed when I could give away accounts. <laughs> so when you outsource things in your business, do you do that with people that you know, or is there a platform that you use to find people or do you farm it out? How do you yeah. do that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there's sort of been people who, people who have known actually, mainly mainly outsourced. Oh, some some of them wouldn't be. Um, like when we first began, um, I built the website myself on WooCommerce, and I would spend like ages just trying to, um, you know, figure out apps and how to, I don't know, do like basic coding, and then yeah. I think I just did a Google search and came up with some person who can help look after your website. So took him. Yeah, he helps us now. Yeah. So in terms of your brand identity and under 27 seconds, you want to try and make the biggest impact you possibly can, but at the same time find your sweet spot so it's not it's not um, taking too much out of out of your life. So when do you think you're going to get to that sweet spot or maybe that sweet do you think the sweet spots forever going to be changing or getting bigger or what what do you think i think it will be forever changing i think um at the moment i'm really proud of how far we've come and really happy with um where we're at but then in saying that if we're at the same point this time next year then i think i'd be i'd be feeling a bit disappointed about that (laughs) Um, I think for us, it's, it's been a matter of, I, I think that Pete and I feel like, oh, we could have grown this a whole heap faster than what we, than where we're at at the moment, but what would have been the cost to us personally in that? So, um, yeah, I think you might need to edit out my answer with that one. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think it changes, to be honest. Yeah. That's a great answer. I really like that answer. So I'll edit that bit out just then. But before that was all, was very, very good. So the last couple of questions is to, to try and understand. Well, you've already actually sort of answered it in a way. So you created your Sabbath. So is it on a Sunday? Every Sunday, oh, 24 hours? No, it starts on Saturday night, actually. Yeah. So it's like Saturday night movies usually or dinner mm -hmm. out. Yeah. And then till Sunday night and then Monday. And then Sunday night. Yeah. And then Monday back into it. Oh, on Sunday night, I'll often do some work as well. So what else, what other sort of things do you consume for a little bit of escapism? Do you, pod, do you listen to the podcast? Do you, you said you watch Netflix? Do you do play any sports or anything like that? What's your little, your own little escapism? Yeah, I love cooking. Cooking is like mm. my little, so if, if my husband can take the kids out and I'm just like left to freestyle cooking, I love that. Um, not every day. Uh, what else? I think like when you have kids, your life is kind of like, a lot of your free time revolves around them. So you often find us at like, playgrounds and um if there's like a cafe attached to the playground then that's that's even better as a, bonus. Um, as a bonus yeah um and then just pretty stock standard love catching up with friends having friends over if you could suggest or if you think of anyone that might be cool as a guest on this podcast that might help some small businesses out there who do you think that might be oh yeah i thought about this one i found this um I found that question quite hard. Um, I, for me personally, what, and then I was like, maybe I should like, re I did look through some of your podcasts. Um, <laughs> but for me, like management is most likely one of the areas where I just have no experience. Um, and like when you start employing people and um, yeah, I think like I've had bosses before where they haven't been the best bosses and then I've had some really good ones and it's sort of like uh, when you're a small business owner and you're the owner who can I have to learn from mm. um, so someone sort of in that management um, space would be awesome um, just like these are the top five things to do and these are the things don't ever do yeah that's a really good point because once you if you are entrepreneurs like yourself and, and your husband you're the mm. co-founders and then you're starting to um, build a team and mm. it doesn't mean that you've got any you're sort of learning as you go or building the road as you're walking and you don't actually know how to lead your team and create a cool culture within your team you sort of run yeah. by intuition and instinct a little bit but if you yeah. have some insights and and actually some tactical steps you could take to make sure that you create a cool culture create an awesome yeah. team develop some values so that everyone's you know behind the value but i think with the 27 seconds it's definitely a, an ethos that everyone can can get behind in terms of the team and that that mm. is your culture you know like mm. we're here for a reason now one of our reasons is to to help minimize the the impact of of slavery globally mm. Mm. yeah yeah which attracts some really awesome people like our team uh um oh, they're they're so sold out for the cause and i i yeah love them to bits and think we're so lucky with the people we've got um yeah but yeah there will be a point when maybe we have 10 people and then yeah hopefully yeah as you said you sort of learn as you go the last question it's not even a question how can our listeners purchase your wine can they get it delivered to their door do they jump on your website what is your website 
Yeah, yeah. So um, jump on our website. That's most likely the best way, uh, yep. which is 27seconds.co.nz. And it's just a two seven rather than um, all spells out. Uh, generally, we can get it to the North Island um, within three working days. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty sweet free delivery if you order six or more. Yeah. There's a few what? stockists as well. You can on our website. There's a list of places that stock our wine, um, so you can pop on there and see if there's somewhere nearby too. Yeah. What's your favourite, and what one would you recommend of all your wines? Oh, such a hard question. <laughs> and I think, like, I actually I don't have a favourite. Um, I think all of them are really, really good. So if you love Pinot Noir, our Pinot Noir is great. If you love Sav, our Sav's great. Um, yeah, all of them are good. All of them are good. Hey, thank you so much for your time. This has been really insightful. Um, we're going to be working with you for the Sabini Festival up in Auckland in, in November this year. So um, people who um, are going to be at the festival will be able to taste the 27 seconds there. But please do purchase some um, for the listeners out there because um, not only are you guys super cool, but you have an epic cause and ethos behind the brand as well. So, uh, you, you're doing a great job and it's an, an awesome business model. So I do thank you for doing that. And I hope you um, have a great day. And Oh, thanks for having us on. It's a real honor. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really, really do appreciate your time. If you do want to help our podcast out, a little review or hit the star button on whatever platform, you're listening to this podcast on really does help us a lot. Hey, did you know that we've confirmed the New Zealand Small Business and Entrepreneur Festival the 8th and 9th of November in the Vodafone Event Centre in Auckland? If you can make it, jump onto the New Zealand Small Business and Entrepreneur Festival website, which is nzsmeetandefestival.com. Thank you so much.